Welcome back to the Shoot Podcast, everybody. I got, I guess, a not so special guest anymore because uh, it's your second time being here. But uh, yeah. Mr. Christmas Croce, back with us to recap the NFL draft. How you doing, buddy? I'm back, baby. Uh, I'm good. It was a good draft. I'm glad it's over because I feel like for like weeks and months. There was just so much talk about where these guys were going to go. And now we know exactly where they're going to go. So we can talk about that. So right. no longer in a mystery. And we can actually get into where these guys are going to be playing. You know, it's not a mystery, Christian. <laughs> Nobody knows how to make a real mock draft. <laughs> this draft blew that entire thing out of the way. I mean, from the second pick, just <laughs> everyone's draft was wrong. <laughs> Daniel Jeremiah called the trade up with the Texans though in his last mock draft he said the Texans would trade up to three um which obviously was the big shake up at the top Texans took CJ Stroud at two and then they traded back up with the Cardinals trade a lot to get Will Anderson um but yeah you're right after that it was just everything was kind of crazy some picks were pretty I, I mean I think we could have predicted some of them later on in the first round but yeah after that it was just absolute chaos and no one knew what was going to happen so let's talk about some of these picks uh we'll start with round one uh and rather than go through every single pick because uh we don't want to bore you guys who's got time i'm sure you guys know who, who got picked everywhere let's just start off with what we think were some of the best picks in the first round um it could be best matches you know best value um best tandem of picks uh let's start Christian. Uh, give me a few of your best picks from the first round. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of ways you could go here. Um, I'd written three down that I really liked. One combo I really liked. I, I really liked what the Seahawks did. Um, Devin Witherspoon at five, maybe a little bit early for him. I don't know if he fit like that top five pick billing, um, but the Seahawks love big physical corners. Um, so getting him in there was really important. And then they took Jackson Smith and Jigba, who kind of just makes the receiver room unfair um really slots in nicely with Lockett and Metcalf and Lockett is a guy that's kind of on I think the downswing of his career you know I think his prime is past him so bringing in another youthful receiver to that uh room is going to be really helpful for Seattle um I want to give a shout out I guess to your Giants who picked Deontay Banks one of my favorite corners in this draft they really need a corner um they really needed corner or receiver. And then the four teams in front of them, like all picked receivers. So kind of left them out to dry on that front. But I think they got a really great corner in Deontay Banks, big physical Giants fans should just be happy by how Wink Martindale reacted to the pick. Uh, he looked absolutely fired up in the draft room after they did that. Um, but my personal favorite pick was Peter Skaronsky to the Titans at 11. Um, I just, I really like Skaronsky. I think he's one of the best pure offensive lineman he's an incredible pass blocker great run blocker he's got great footwork measurables were a little bit of a question mark for some teams he'll probably play guard with the titans and maybe swing out the tackle occasionally but i just think at 11 they just got a really really good player um and while there might be better boom bust guys at different points in the first round i think this is a really safe pick for a rebuilding titans team and i think he fits exactly what they want to be offensively Skaronski was a fantastic pick. He slid outside the top 10 when many thought he'd be the first tackle off the board. Like you mentioned, a lot of different ways you can go here. I really feel like this year, in the first round particularly, a lot of teams just did the right thing. 
like we there are usually a lot more questionable bad picks. But I feel like teams either went in the direction like we thought that they would go in, or they just made quality selections at the place that they were at. So I'm gonna just name three of my favorite uh, player team combinations. Uh, but starting with my preferred duo, uh, how can you not love what the Eagles did? Uh, they get Jalen Carter at nine, who apparently desperately wanted to be an Eagle so bad that he called the Eagles up themselves and said, draft me, which yeah. I, I've never heard a player do that before. So balls to you, kid. And then they go out and get his teammate, Nolan Smith, at 30, who if they had picked at 10, I would have been like, that's a that's a pretty good pick. Mm-hmm. But they get him all the way at 30. Howie Roseman is looking like a genius around the NFL. Uh, but enough about the Eagles because I, I've heard too much Eagle praise. Uh, two receiving picks that I thought were excellent matches. My favorite wide receiver in this class, surprise, not Smith and Jigba, but Zay Flowers at Boston College. He goes to the Baltimore Ravens, who, as we all know, have needed a receiver for years. And Flowers seems like a perfect fit for this kind of offense as – you know, Lamar Jackson has never been much of a vertical passer, say. There, there have always been a run-heavy first team. Now you throw in a little bubble screen action, maybe some uh, re- reverse jet sweep action with Zay Flowers. Perfect guy to fit that system. And he's he was so electric, the ball in his hands at Boston College. And playing on a bad team there, he was used to kind of carrying the load for a subpar receiver group. He might be asked to do that in Baltimore, and I think he's more than capable my favorite pick of the first round was Dalton Kincaid to the Buffalo Bills. We talked about great potential matches and in the, in the first round. I talked about Jameer Gibbs because Buffalo could use a, a gr- another great offensive weapon to yes. help Josh Allen. But I would have never thought that Kincaid would last to 27. And here he is, and I think it's an excellent weapon. You know, you want to keep up with the Chiefs in the postseason, get your Travis Kelsey prototype. Yeah. Uh, I, I trust him way more to be reliable than Dawson Knox. And even if Dawson Knox does see the field, two tight end sets are run more often nowadays. So I really think that the Bills put themselves in a fantastic situation by drafting Kincaid. Yeah. I like all those guys. For the Eagles guys, they're very much in the mold of what they already have which is kind of exciting. Like, Nolan Smith, the knock on him was that he's small, but he's basically like uh, Hassan Reddick, who the Eagles have and has been really good with them. Um, agree completely with Zay Flowers. And Dalton Kincaid, like you said, like he's more, he's going to be more of a receiver with the Bills. He's not really going to be an inline tight end. He's going to be the sort of, you know, you don't want to invoke the name Travis Kelsey because that's a huge expectation for Kincaid, but that's exactly the kind of guy they want him to be in that offense. Yeah, I'm very excited to see where his future heads. All right, so on the reverse side of things. So a lot of teams did things right in round one, but some teams did things a little more questionably. Uh, Tian, Christian, who do you think was on the – who do you think was the worst pick or among the worst picks in the first round? Yeah, so for me for this, I kind of looked at two things. There there weren't – so what you said before, there weren't really that many questionable picks in terms of like, wow, like why did they take this guy? The only one that I thought was like really weird was the Chargers taking Quentin Johnson. Um, he was not the type of receiver I thought they would go for. He's basically a mix of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, who they already have. 
And I thought they would go for more of a guy like Zay Flowers, more of a field stretcher. Quinn Johnson can do that, but he's more of a guy that's good, a catch and run guy rather than taking the top off of a defense. Um, another one I was I wasn't totally sure of was Mozzie Smith to the Cowboys. I think Mozzie Smith is good. He's one of the only true like nose tackles in this class, like a guy you just plug right on top of the center, and that's exactly what he's going to be. Um, I just didn't love the value there for the Cowboys. Thought they could have gone better players at better positions at that point. But the one I want to highlight is the one everyone's kind of been, you know, dogging down, which is Jameer Gibbs and Jack Campbell to the Lions. I I kind of like – I like J- Jameer Gibbs. I think Jameer Gibbs is going to be solid for the Lions, but not at 12. Uh, like, that's just awful value for a running back. That His big thing was he's short and he's under 200 pounds. He is a small running back. Like, I, I think their goal is to use him on, like, second and third down, to use him primarily, like, not as a three-down back. I just don't think you take that guy at 12. And then Jack Campbell – at 18, I thought it was way too early for him. Um, I think he's a very solid linebacker in the running game. Not very good in the past defense. It, like when he is asked to cover guys and cover plays that happen behind his back, that is, he's not the best at that. And in the modern NFL, that's what you need your middle linebacker to be good at. Um, I, for the Lions, it was just value. And I really like the rest of their draft, but I think they just could have gotten better value with those two first round picks. Yes, that's very fair. And, you know, they take Gibbs at 12 when they could easily just stay put and have B. John Robinson. So we'll, we'll see how those two running backs stack up in yeah. the future years. And we'll really see who, who won that at the end of the day. Uh, so I'm going to start off by agreeing with your Mozzie Smith pick because I really think it was one of the worst of the first round. Again, not because they didn't need um, they didn't need to improve their run defense. They certainly did. But you had uh, Nolan Smith and Michael Mayer on the board. And obviously they, they knew that they needed a tight end because they drafted one in the second round. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, not only did they pass up on Smith, but they let him, Nolan Smith, that is, they let him go to their division rival and strengthen their pass rush even further. I just think it's a move that's going to haunt them. Whereas a, a nose tackle, you know, you can, I feel like they're, um, easier to come by. Hmm. Uh, two other picks I, I didn't like. So you liked the Devin Witherspoon fit, and you mentioned he wasn't really a top five kind of guy. What I didn't really get was, you know, the Seahawks are, they have a number one corner. You can, of course, you can pair another corner with him, have a really good secondary. But there are so many times last year where the Seahawks just got gashed on the ground. Yeah. You, you remember that game against the Raiders where they left the 80-yard touchdown to end the game. Jalen Carr just seemed like a perfect fit, and I understand character issues, but this isn't a deep draft in terms of talent. I think Carr may be the best talent on the board. I, I just think he should have been the pick there, uh, and I think that in a deep corner class, either they could have gotten him at 20, but maybe they like Smith and Jigba. They could have got someone in the second round instead of another guy who I'm going to mention. But, yeah, I just think it was a little early for them to go corner. Uh, not to brag on your Jets after you applauded my Giants, but yeah, the Will McDonald pick, the Will McDonald pick, just feels like the biggest panic pick of the first round. And they just they watched as all their tackles went right in front of them, including the Patriots, who apparently planned to screw over the Jets, according to reports, by take, by 
giving the Steelers Roderick Jones. But then they go and get Will McDonald, who has some first round buzz, but he's still raw. He's just kind of, a, you know, uh, he's a raw prospect. And I think that in that situation, you know, you tackle off the board, give Rodgers a guy like Smith and Jigba, you know, give him another threat in the offense, uh, long, at least long-term, short-term, you know. I just don't see how adding a pass rusher who might not contribute his first year is going to help you win now and just traded, um, you traded up to get, or you traded down to acquire a quarterback that is not going to be there that long. So I just think the fit is very awkward and it felt like a rush pick. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the not helping right away because that's kind of where people thought they would try to go. I, I don't mind the pick because it is an edge rusher and you always need edge rushers no matter what. Uh, like Look at what the Eagles are doing. Um, I do think it was rough that tackles were taken in front of them. Like that was unfortunate. And Smith and Jibbo, I think also would have been a good pick. Um, but I don't mind it. And then you are right with the Seahawks. That is, I think, my biggest critique of their draft overall, which I think is really good. Um, yeah, they were really bad against the run last year, and they're not going to get better. Like, they didn't really do anything to get better in that regard. So I think that's their biggest question mark. Um, and, yeah, to, to your point, Carter would have been interesting. I do think there were character concerns. But, again, later in the draft, they didn't really do anything to address the run defense either. Yeah, that's, that might that might haunt them this year. All right, so going on to day two, you know, in a, in a not very top-heavy draft, but a very deep draft, there's going to be a ton of values uh, in these next two rounds. So give me a few of your top values from rounds two to three. Yeah, there's so many guys. Joey Porter, Jr. to the Steelers is very fun because his dad played there. Um, Brian Branch to the Lions I think is really cool because I think he's a big nickel guy or a safety and the Lions kind of needed that in their secondary great value in the second round uh, the Jets and the Giants both both pick centers in the second round which I think is like prime position for that those two can easily be 10-year starters for both of those teams um, Jordan Battle to the Bengals safety out of Alabama is really cool and interesting they let Jesse Bates go in free agency to the Falcons so kind of getting his replacement in the third round. Um, my favorite one that I want to talk about for a minute is Drew Sanders to the Broncos. I really liked Drew Sanders. Uh, people kind of saw him as a stand-up linebacker um, out, of, out of Arkansas, but I've actually heard people talk about him more of like a pass rusher and a guy that can come off the edge. And Denver has Vance Joseph as their defense coordinator, and no one, no coordinator in the NFL over the last five seasons has blitzed their linebackers more than Vance Joseph. So I think that marriage in Denver is really interesting. I've heard people compare how they might use him to like Micah Parsons with the Cowboys, not saying he's going to be that good, but like Micah Parsons was an off ball linebacker coming out and they just moved him to rush the passer off the edge. And he was really good at it. So I think where they got him at the top of the third round was really good value. Yeah. I like that pick a lot. Uh, I really think the Brian branch pick was one of the seals of the draft considering I had him going to the commanders at number 16. So uh, to get yeah. him all the way, almost 30 picks later to, to help that secondary, you know, that will allow them to just sign CJ Gardner Johnson. Now Gardner Johnson can, uh, you know, fill more of that safety role. You put branch at nickel corner. You don't resign CJG move, move branch to his spot. Um, so I like that. Like the center picks Porter, great value top, top around two. Um, so, 
I found five more that I also really like. Um, starting with Julius Brents to the Colts. Brents has that Tariq Woolen kind of framework where he's a six-four yeah. corner and very fast. Um, and he was rapidly rising off up draft boards. But not only did the Colts get him in the mid forties, which I thought was, you know, you you see a rising player like that, you go and get him. But they also traded down twice to get him, so they acquired picks in the process and still landed the player that they liked. Can't hate on that selection. Michael Mayer in the top of the second round to the Raiders fills an immediate need after trading away Darren Waller. I don't even know if Foster Rowe has been re-signed yet, but Mayer will be an instant starter on that offense and uh, a big-time weapon for Jimmy G. Uh, Hendon Hooker to the Lions. You know, we got all this buzz about Hooker being a potential first-round quarterback, which, you know, I never really believed in it, but obviously the talent was there. Uh, the concern with him was his age and coming off a torn ACL. But going to the Lions, you don't have to worry about that because Goff is cemented as a starter for at least a year, maybe two. And Hooker has a chance to develop behind him uh, in what should be a, a pretty explosive offense. And if Goff does go down before Hooker, they had no viable replacement. Hooker can be that. Hmm. Uh, I loved. I love what the Giants did trading up for Jalen Hyatt. Yes, they had to give away a bunch of draft capital, but they didn't have much already. But the Giants didn't get the receiver they liked in the first. They all went off the board. They got a center in a second. They saw Hyatt was still there and just went up and got him. You know, I didn't think Hyatt was worthy of like a first-round pick. You know, could see a second-round pick. But third-round pick is amazing value. What he is, he's a field stretcher. Uh, their current field stretcher is Darius Slayton, who was very inconsistent last year. I think Hyatt will fulfill that role, that role much better and just give that offense way, way more to work with. Mm. My last and my favorite pick of the uh, the entire day two was Jair Brown to the 49ers. Jair Brown is a very instinctive safety. You know, that's number one trait you want to look for for safety is instincts. And I, I think he was a very slept-on prospect. He didn't have um, all the uh, athleticism that you rave about, but you know, I think he'll be—I think he'll compete for a starting job for San Francisco and um, contribute to that defense, who lost a member to their secondary in the offseason. I think he's got a good chance to start. So I love all those picks. Um, now, uh, what about on the flip side? So. Worst picks, rounds two or three. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> the, the, there were like there's so many things to work with here. And there I actually thought teams in the second, third round did like really well. Um, maybe a little questionable value some places, but uh like one guy I want to highlight, Jake Moody, <laughs> the kicker out of Michigan to the 49ers. I actually was that at the end of round three or the beginning it of was. round three? I think it was the end of round it three. Yeah, that was uh, a choice, certainly. Um, I like I, I never understand why teams take kickers unless they become like a generational guy, but I also just think that's like really bad value. Um the Chiefs picked Rasheed Rice, wide receiver. Uh who look, he might be good with the Chiefs. He's kind of a bigger guy. I just thought it was interesting that they took him over guys like Josh Downs, um, Cedric Tillman, the guy you just highlighted, uh, Jalen Hyatt. Uh, I thought there were guys that were better than Rasheed Rice where they could have taken him. Um, 
the the guy that to me was the biggest head scratcher was Brenton Strange, tight end to the Jaguars. Um, this is such a good tight end class. And the Jaguars kind of took the guy that no one was really talking about and like wasn't really that good. Um, now, obviously, they kind of wanted to go value. They didn't want to draft a guy too high. But I mean, when you think about day two guys like Sam Laporta, who went to the Lions, who is really athletic and really great. Um, Michael Mayer, who you just highlighted. Um, the two guys that the Packers got. I know they got Tucker Craft, and I forget the name of the other tight end that they drafted. Um Darnell Washington, right? Like, I just feel like there were better guys for what the Jaguars want. And the Jaguars overall, like, they kind of needed a tight end. They still have Evan Ingram, but I think they have other needs. So I just thought it was a weird pick. Yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't consider a tight end a huge need, not enough to go get a guy. Like, what's with, up with uh, back-to-back years with guys named Strange being strange? <laughs> weird. That's what happens. <laughs> a little weird. Also the note. Uh, Chiefs, not only did they reach for Rasheed Rice, but they traded up for him. It, yeah. Like, probably could have waited. I, I, I just think, you know, just Chiefs had an average draft overall. This wasn't one of their best. Um, so I'm going to highlight some other receivers that I thought reaches in these rounds, starting with the Packers in the second round with Jaden Reed. Uh, Jaden Reed, like like you said, there are just far more talented receivers on the board for the Packers to get. I had him more as like a fourth, fifth round prospect. Yeah. Um, and I just think maybe you put in like a like a, a field stretch like Hyatt or like a Josh Downs, like it just worked better in that range. I never considered Reed in the second round. Um, and then a couple of running backs that I thought were, you know, kind of odd. Uh, first, you have Zach Charbonnet to the Seahawks. Very talented runner. But the Seahawks don't need a running back. I yeah. mean, that should be clear. Uh, um, they Maybe they could use a compliment to Kenneth Walker, but you don't need to get that in the second round. You have so many needs on your defense hmm. and offensive line. I just I don't see the fit there. Um, another running back. Uh, in the late third round, Tank Bixby to the Jaguars. Again, Jaguars, your offense is good. What are you doing? Why do you keep drafting backups to your currently good offensive players? Like, where's <laughs> the logic in that? Uh, I don't know. This is another waste of selection by them. I thought the worst combo of picks came from the Houston Texans, who got to a strong start in the draft. But then they go and trade up for Juice Scruggs, a yes. center at the bottom of the draft. Which turned out like to be an unnecessary pick, especially because they got um, Patterson from Notre Dame, another center uh, later in the draft. So it just didn't seem like worth squandering those picks. And then Tank Dell. So I heard that CJ Stroud told the organization to go up and get Tank Dell. Well, yeah. the organization should have clapped back at CJ Stroud. <laughs> this guy is so tiny. We can't take him this high. He's so small. Like, he, he I'm like is. I'm like he might be my he's like my size like basically he's not as short but like he's basically my size I feel like teams should never trust like there was a thing a few years ago where like apparently Patrick Mahomes was like begging the Chiefs to draft Clyde Edwards Alaire I I feel like teams just shouldn't trust <laughs> these quarterbacks especially C.J. Stroud like you just drafted him I don't know why he's picking out <laughs> your receivers. Yeah, well, uh, we'll see what happens when um, Dell came and beat out Robert Woods for number one spot on the team. <laughs> <laughs> then, then they'll be questioning it. But yeah, that was that was very questionable to me. Um, 
All right. So now moving on to day three. Um, Going to be a lot more gems to pick out than reaches. Uh, yeah. It's hard to reach in these last few rounds. So let's highlight some gems real quick. What you got for me, Christian? If these are names. If you're listening, like you probably know who Zero these guys are. Maybe a couple of them. But uh, these are guys that I kind of just like the fits. Um, Noah Sewell. Linebacker, the brother of Penesul with the Lions, the tackle. He went to the Bears. Um, I think he's a pretty good linebacker, very good. I think they got him in the fifth or sixth round. Um, and he's just going to be a solid depth member of that defense, gets to play his brother twice a year. Uh, the Jets took another running back, Izzy Abanaconda um, from Pitt, who basically what I've seen about him, I think he's a good special teamer. He'll probably, he might return like punts and kicks for the Jets um wicked fast and he's really got like breakaway speed which is pretty good to get uh jay ward lsu safety very good tester at the combine went to the vikings who need more depth in their secondary so that was pretty good and then luke is it whipler or wipler you would know more wipler from ohio state uh center went to the browns he fell really far um he was a guy that people were talking about as like a interesting center like round three, four, I think he went all the way in the sixth round. Um, yeah. So Browns get more uh, offensive line depth, and I think he could be a really solid center. But my absolute favorite pick, I think, was Blake Freeland to the Colts at the top of the fourth round. He was a guy I liked early in the draft process. He was insane at the combine, really great tester at tackle. And with the Colts, they've kind of been looking to fill that tackle role, just kind of rotating guys in there for the last few years. And so I think in the fourth round, getting another rotational guy, but I think he's going to fit in really nicely with how they want to run their offense, especially with this kind of zone runs that Shane Steichen will bring to Indianapolis from Philly. So he was probably my favorite pick of that day three. Yeah, I like those picks a lot. Uh, One thing to note, so Noah Sewell doesn't really fill a need for the Bears, but Again, value to potential second round pick. Um, yeah, his yeah. name was being blown around the first before the season began because of the season he had prior. It fell a little bit this year. But, you know, if the Bears don't want to get are disappointed by Edmonds, then Sewell could potentially step in as, as a cheaper replacement. Um, my, my picks were guys that I feel like were, were either, you know, first, second round, third round fringes. But all of these guys have potential to start for these teams this year. Starting with Keely Ringo to the, to the Eagles, I mentioned him as a bust for the first round in our previous podcast. But getting him in the fourth round is a hell of a steal, you know. Um, he's still very, very talented and now doesn't have all the expectations, you know, of, of getting picked on his first year. Uh, he can learn from Darius Slay. And look, another Georgia player to the to the Eagles was surprised. Um, then next, uh, Aid Adabore, who was my first round Cole Strange type pick, Combine Warrior, another excellent pick by the Colts. The Colts really dominated day three more yeah. than more than any team, and the draft really honestly. Him and Jalen Jones in the seventh round, a corner at Texas A&M. Just Colts were just going for value and need at the same time, just killing it. Um, the Cleveland Browns drafted a different offensive lineman from Ohio State in Dewan Jones, who could be a potential Jack Conklin successor. Uh, Jones, I think the concern of him is he's massive. Can he move of that size? But perfectly fine rest to take in the fourth round. The Texans drafted Henry Toto in the uh, I don't know, fifth or the sixth round. 
a linebacker out of Alabama, really good value there and fills a need, can easily be a starter on that future defense. And then Jalen Duncan, I saw reports of Jalen Duncan potentially going in the first round. And he fell all the way back to the sixth. Mm. Uh, Titans already got Peter Skaronsky. If Duncan works out, you know, they can uh, afford to move Skaronsky inside and maybe give Duncan the right tackle job. Uh, I just thought excellent value to Titans and all the O-line help that they can get. Yeah, I, I think all those are really great. Some of them fell like like Keely Ringo and Adebowari fell really far. Um, Dewan Jones, there's some like weight concerns there, so I kind of get why he fell. But yeah, I, I mean, usually day three, I really like teams that just get the guys that were like five star recruits and just didn't pan out and hope that they can teach them. Um, and that's kind of a lot of what the picks we highlighted. That's what those teams did. Yeah, a lot less pressure, a lot less money to be paid. So all upside there. Um, so let's go. What, what were some of the worst picks in these rounds? Obviously, can't really be reaching, but um, there were a couple of really bad ones. Yeah, the one I had, uh, Sean Clifford, quarterback out of Penn State, famously beat out uh, Will Levis for the Penn State quarterback job. Um, mm-hmm. There was an analyst uh, at an NFL Network who ranked like 500 players because um, he's a madman. And Sean Clifford was his 500th ranked player. And he was taking like 147 uh, to the Packers. So I think that was a little weird. I think there were better quarterbacks. There was a big run on quarterbacks in the middle rounds. But I feel like the Packers, if you felt you needed a backup quarterback, which they do, um, I feel like there were better options. And then the Rams picked a Division II punter. Um, that doesn't seem like a good idea. I know, like, I guess for a punter, it doesn't really matter. The competition you're against, it just matters how far you can punt it. But I just think picking a D2 punter is really funny. Hey, he's named Ethan. Not many of those in the NFL. That's true. Cool. Ethan, Ethan Evans. He'll be like an all-pro now. <laughs> yeah, alliteration. Um, I just thought the entire Patriots uh, third day was just really weird. Mostly the fourth round. It seems like uh, Bill Belichick, once he gets past a certain point, like he, like he only ranks like the top 100 prospects, and he's like, oh, well, all right, uh, just hit the randomizer. Uh, that's what it really <laughs> felt like. Um, especially if the uh, City So pick, who was another guard from a small school, that like I didn't even I didn't even see him on any mock drafts like in the seventh round, let alone the fourth. So that was weird. But the cherry the, the cherry on top was trading up to get a kicker. Like the the forty yeah. nine pick was was bad. It was way too early for a kicker. But the Patriots actually went out of their way to go get a kicker. I don't care if it's a need at all. Like, you can wait. You can find you can find good kickers off the street. Like, you don't have to use a, a resource like that. Your team did not make the playoffs last year. You should try to fill up your needs. It's just, I, I don't know. I Maybe Bill Belichick's dog made that pick, I guess. <laughs> uh, all right. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Chat that dog. Very cute dog. Uh, before we get into winners and losers, let's highlight some of the uh, undrafted free agents that could potentially work out. Obviously, these are very up in the air. Um, I'll go real quick. Um, Keaton Mitchell, running back at East Carolina to the Ravens. Uh, I've seen his name potentially as a fifth or sixth round pick, and the Ravens running back room just seems to always get injured. And I think the last thing they want to do is throw out a bunch of 30-year-old veterans again. Mm-hmm. So um, 
he could be a name that could slide in uh, on that depth chart. And, you know, with how much the Ravens like to run the ball, that he could definitely get some reps in there, assuming he makes the roster. Andre Carter, pass rusher out of Army, was ESPN best player available for a long time in that draft. Uh, He goes to the Vikings and gets, like, a big signing bonus. So uh, I think this one is the closest to a lock for UDFAs because uh, the Vikings are essentially banking on him making the roster with the money that he paid, that they paid him. Right. And they, they need all the defensive help they can get. And uh, McClendon Curtis, which it seems like they've got that name backwards, um, <laughs> by the way, by the way, it's ordered. But the Raiders also need O-line help. He was a guy that I like as a late round sleeper. Um, I think that he has a very good chance of making the roster and maybe being a starter down the road. Yeah, these are like Madden-generated player names we've got going right now. Um, I'd say Jason Brownlee, receiver to the Jets. I feel like with Aaron Rodgers, people are just be like, oh, who's this undrafted receiver to the Jets? He's kind of big and fast, so maybe he'll be good. Uh, Eli Ricks, uh, corner out of Alabama. He was very similar to like a guy like Noah Sewell, talked about going a lot earlier, about a year ago. Um, didn't have a great season. I think he's got some personal concerns also, but the Eagles just keep getting richer on the defensive side of the ball with like these Alabama and Georgia guys. Uh, and then Sean Tucker with the Bucks, running back out of Syracuse, a guy who I think he's a little small, um, but the Bucks kind of really need that sort of youthful energy at, in the running back room. They have Rashad White, but like Leonard Fournette isn't going to be there for long. So I kind of like his chances of maybe making the roster. Gio Bernard also retired, so more chance for him. Right, yeah, Tom Brady, before he left, he sucked out all that youthful energy to, to, <laughs> to try to will them to the playoffs last year. So, yeah, they they need all that. All right, now here we are, the grand finale. Winners and the losers of the draft. Let's get three winners of this draft, three teams. Uh, I'm going to go the Colts based on, like, who I really liked. Uh, they just drafted so many guys that I really like coming into the draft. I'm like, oh, I'd take this guy. So I got to go them. Steelers, I thought I'd really solid picks. We haven't talked about them that much. Joey Porter Jr. We mentioned Roger Jones in the first round was a good pick. Keanu Benton uh, defensive tackle in the third round was also really great. And then I said the Cardinals, because I think the trades that they made to trade down, get picks for next year. It's exactly what they need to do. They're going to tank. They're going to get Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. And it's going to be great. Um, and then player, I said Anthony Richardson, just because I think the Colts with Shane Steichen, perfect landing spot for him. I think his spot where he went was really good. I love those three winners that you had. Um, I will say a lot of teams did the right thing in this draft, so I'm going to pick three different winners, but I will also add those three and support them as winners. But I've been waiting all podcasts to talk about this. I think the Lions were one of the big winners of the draft. Let me explain. Lions are in a position now where they had a lot of picks at the top of the draft and they have a roster where they they could conceivably go all in this year. Uh, They got four guys that could easily plug and play as starters in this offense. Well, not on this offense, on this team. Starting with Jameer Gibbs, you know, people say it's too early for him at 12, but this draft lacked a lot of elite players and a lot of teams had him as the elite elite graded player, one of the top in the draft. They compared him to Alvin Kamara with his receiving and rushing ability. So who cares if he can't play handle a full workload if he can go 20 yards every time he touches the ball? Uh, and there are rumors that the Jets might get him at 15. So 
he might not have lasted all the way to 18. And then Jack Campbell uh, seems like a, just a Dan Campbell kind of guy, you know, loves football. Uh, and Alex Anzalone is as average as it gets, so he'll be a, a good fit there. And then in the second round, they get uh, fill two important needs. Sam Laporta at tight end uh, could be an instant starter. They have nothing at tight end right now. And Brian Branch, maybe the pick of the draft, honestly. He uh, he was stolen from their rival Packers, who also needed safety help. Uh, that that might haunt them for years. I just think amazing value. He could be a star on this on this team immediately. And I really think the Lions made measurable improvement with these picks. And after the Lions, uh, I would pick the team that I thought made the most out of the lack of resources that they had. I really thought the Cleveland Browns did a really good job of the picks they had. They didn't have a pick till the third round, but all their picks were pretty superb there. They had Cedric Tillman fill the need a receiver in the third. Uh, we talked about the two offensive linemen that they got with Jones and Weipler from Ohio State. They got a good nose tackle in the third round. And Dorian Thompson Robinson was a sleeper quarterback for many. Mm-hmm. So uh, having that, having a dynamic backup like that, that could be very beneficial for the Browns. I thought the Browns did a lot with less, but a team that did a lot with more was the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, it's just extremely hard to it's believe. Unfair. It's unfair. Believe the haul that they got. This, if they really didn't have any reaches either, like they, they didn't mess it up with a bad pick anywhere. Just plug and replace all of the stars that they they lost and um, got potential replacements for their older players. Um, Harry Roseman, give yourself a round of applause, man. Looking like a genius. Um, my player, the the, the player I th- thought thought one was Joy Porter. You know, after slipping out of the first round, probably you know very disheartened immediately goes to his dad's team. You know, that the team that we thought would be a perfect match right away. Yep. Uh, but at 17, getting in a 32 is even better for the Steelers. But for Joey Porter, I'm sure it's a dream come true. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree on Joey Porter. I like what you said about the Browns doing more with less uh, and the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It's unfair. They they got guys that are really good that a lot of people thought were really good and are really good for them too. And that's really what that's what they're so good at is like they have this formula of what it takes to win exactly the kind of players they want. I think they still have some question marks, particularly at like safety and linebacker, but um retooling that defensive line, like getting two guys like Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith to a defensive line that already had 77 sacks last year is insane. Yeah. Um, well, I'm tired to talk about teams that do well. Let's talk about teams that did bad. Yeah. Um, who are your three losers of the draft? So the Lions are probably the team we disagree on the most. I I, I, don't, I don't think I'd call them a loser in the draft because I think they did have really good picks on days two and three. I just really didn't like what they did in round one. Um, Gibbs, in terms of like being a three down back, makes me really nervous. And if they don't want him to be a three down back, then I don't know why they took him at 12th overall. And then Jack Campbell is a guy that I think would have been a really great pick in the third round. And they took him at 18. I, I, I don't love the value um, for a middle, like middle linebacker and running back are the two positions. Everyone says like, don't take in the first round. And they did that. Um, but mm-hmm. their draft room looks so excited for both of them. So maybe they will be really good. 
for the Lions. Um, and then the two teams I put here are the Commanders and the 49ers. For the 49ers, I just thought it was a really weird draft. Um, I, I like the, the Niners have a really great roster and they have a really great coaching staff. It just didn't seem like this draft they retooled any of it, right? Like where the Eagles went and they said, okay, this is where we know we're going to need help. This is where we're good. We're going to get those guys. I don't really think the Niners did anything like that. Um, obviously, they're still going to be pretty good because they've got very talented guys all over the field. But I just thought some weird picks for them. And then the commanders. The reason I put them there is because I th- I think literally every other team in the division got better this weekend, even if it was like marginally, marginally so. The Giants filled a lot of needs, got good players. The Eagles did really well, as we have mentioned. I think the Cowboys, while not having the best draft around, I still think that they filled some needs. And I think the Commanders are comfortably the worst team in that division. And I don't think they really even got that much better. Um, But my biggest loser of the weekend was absolutely Will Levis, the Kentucky quarterback who fell out of the first round. We had to watch him in the green room in Kansas City all night with like, thousands of women around him i don't know if they were his sisters or his mom or like one of them was his girlfriend whatever so he got embarrassed by falling that far and then he was taken at the top of the second round the titans actually traded up for him um and and like history has shown like for any player that isn't taken especially quarterback quarterback specifically if you're not taken in the first round your chances of being a long-term starter in the nfl decrease significantly and for Levis, clearly no team thought he was worthy of trading back into the first for that fifth-year option. And we look at recent history of guys that have succeeded outside of round one. Like, you have Dak Prescott, who was taken in the fourth round, but he went to a really good situation. Derek Carr, I think, is the closest example, a guy who was taken very similarly to Levis, but maybe didn't have, you know, wasn't as highly touted coming out of college. He did pretty well with the Raiders. Then you have guys like Drew Locke in the second round that that didn't really succeed Uh, and so will levis like he's going to a place that isn't the best for a young quarterback he's got two guys in front of him in ryan Tannehill and malik willis although i think the titans hate malik willis so i don't think that's going to be that much of a problem and derrick henry might be gone in a couple years right so i don't love the fit and for levis i think it's an uphill battle for him being a decent starter in the nfl yeah uh so much for mayo and coffee right guys Hey man, oh got him. Get him. Yeah, man. Hopefully, what a that out. Hopefully that fades out of the spotlight very soon. Uh, that was disgusting. <laughs> okay. Uh so three losers of the draft. Uh, I'm gonna start off by disagreeing with you. Uh I don't really feel like I guess you could say the Cowboys did get better by getting a run stuffing nose tackle, but uh the tight end that they got in the second round, Luke Schoenmacher, like he's okay, but they could have just had Michael Mayer in the uh in the in the first and solve that need right away um i just think that they had the worst first two rounds of any team i think there was just uh two picks that were you know just very mediocre and i i don't see how this turns the cowboys from where they were last year and gets them above their ceiling i i just um i just wouldn't be very excited as a cowboys fan um but Two actual worst drafts, two teams that I felt had a lot of reaches. Uh, starting with the Patriots, I already went over. They they start off really strong by trading back and getting Christian Gonzalez at a good value. And then once once it came to, like, they 
like late day two, day three, it's just reach after reach. And, you know, people are really deservedly going to start questioning if Bill Belichick was, was actually carried by Brady this whole time. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, without Brady, like, uh, like if you really look back on his drafts, like he doesn't have all that many hits, you know, he, it's, and then he's just taking all these random players from like uh, low tier schools. Like maybe they're trying to act like they, they know something the rest of the NFL orgs don't. Yeah. But um, I, I just think he's getting a little bit delusional. Um, but the team that I really thought had the worst draft was the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, they started off strong. They got a Cam Robinson replacement in the first round of Robinson suspended for PEDs. Uh, but then they didn't their their main concern was their defense. Their offense was performing very well. Yeah. The defense was um, you know, very, very shaky in the secondary. Uh the pass rush is pass rush was pretty good. They could use more linebacker help, always use more bodies. But instead they go and get a backup tight end in the second round, who was a massive reach. And then they go for a running back. Not only do they have a good starter already, they have a good second guy in the Ernest Johnson. It may like Jaguars should not have waited till the fourth round with all the picks that they had to to go get somebody on defense. Go and trade up, you know, go and use your resources. Like, um, I get you got a little bit of a haul from the Giants for Deontay Banks, but you should have just gone out and taken him. Like, uh, I don't see how. Like the Jaguars will coast in AFC South. I think we're pretty aware of that yeah. next year with all the young quarterbacks in that division. But now the Jaguars got to focus on beating the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals. And if you don't have the defense to stop Burrow, Allen, Mahomes, yeah. you're just going to stay right where you are. So I think Jaguars were the biggest loser of all teams in the draft. A very good point. Um, completely agree with you like the Jaguars they, they should be thinking bigger right like the Bengals and the Bills very clearly like they their draft showed like their goal is to beat the Chiefs like the Chiefs are all they're thinking of and the Jaguars just seem kind of content with kind of doing the same thing that they were doing last year thinking like you said they could coast to a division title and I, I like the Jaguars I, I think they're moving very much in the right direction but you're right I think the draft I think it was an opportunity for them to really leap into that upper echelon of teams. And I don't think they did that. No. Um, I want to make one more point before we wrap up. So we didn't really touch on the Will Anderson trade that much. Yeah. Uh, very bold move. And it's got to excite Texans fans that the organization went out and got somebody yeah. uh, of that caliber and, we could look back and say, oh, getting that tandem was like best thing for that organization. But it was extremely risky. If you give up your, your first round pick next year, I don't see any realm in which the Texans are a playoff team this year. And you give that pick to the Cardinals, like Cardinals could potentially have two top five picks next year. Yeah. They could they could potentially pair Marvin Harrison and Brock Bowers with Tyler Murray, which which I, I'm, I was oh, yeah. getting way too excited wow. last night thinking about that. Um, but nonetheless, I think that's the main takeaway from this draft is the, the Texans made a huge um, boomer bust play. Yeah. And whether that works or not will be a defining moment for the organization. I think it's very interesting because 
it seemed like, like so much throughout the process, they were going back and forth. First, they like Bryce Young. Oh, then they might like might like Will Anderson. Then they pick CJ Stroud. It feels like the owner and like ownership said, you're taking Stroud at two. And then the front office and coach were like, but we really want Will Anderson. Okay, so screw you. We're going to trade up to number three. Um, the Texans current uh, over under wins is five and a half. So even if they hit that over at six and 11, that's a top 10 pick. Right. Like, I think that's a huge risk uh, for a team that is still rebuilding. And they got two guys that could be cornerstones, but this is a bad team. They've been, uh, they've won at for three years in a row, they've won either three or four games. They're not a good team. They're a team that's had three head coaches in three years. And so I, I, it's a bold risk. Like you said, both of these guys can be really good, they have that potential. But if that pick next year is like three or fourth overall, you're going to have a lot of explaining to do if you're the Texans. Yes, most definitely. Well, um, it's still May, so can't get too excited about football all coming back yet. But we're all on the way. Uh, next <laughs> time you see us, we will be doing our first preseason NFL power rankings. So look forward to that. But until then, this is Shoop. And Tion. There we go. <laughs> and we will be sign very... off that I do. <laughs> <laughs> Best sign off. Okay, guys, thank you for listening.